Hello, this is uh, Coach Jay, and welcome back to Coaching Falcons. Uh, with me, I've got a return, a return to the uh, scene of the crime. I've got Coach Potter with me, and today we're going to talk uh, talk about some offense. And uh, as we progress on with the uh, Coaching Falcons uh, podcast uh, down the line, I'm going to talk defense and see if I can get Coach Wade to talk some offense or at least defensive uh, defensive line play. But uh, right now, I'd just like to say welcome back to Coach Potter. Thank you. Thank okay. you. You're welcome. And uh, we're going to start with a simple question uh, since we talk on offense today. Uh, what was your philosophy in developing an offense, and how did it change over your, your career as a, the head coach? Well, I, it's, it's safe to say that everybody knows I wasn't an offensive genius, but I was. I, I look at that, and I was an offensive lineman. And offensive linemen understand about two or three things about the game going on. They understand gap on your linebacker, and they might understand. Hopefully, they understand where the ball is going. Mm-hmm. And other than that, they don't see anything about routes or pat, the, the, what, what the backs do or what the quarterbacks doing. So, and then I coached the offensive line, and uh, so I understood what was what a play was and what the blocking scheme was. But when it came time to design an offense, when I, came, when I got the job at Greenfield, I didn't know how to do that. And to be real honest, uh, I, it, it's, it's, I'm not sure I did a great job because I didn't know those kids. But when it came down to it, when you design an offense, you have to know what you know and can teach and what the kids can do and what the talent level will let them do. Mm-hmm. So... What, what we had to do, and of course, that was an era of IVACs and a little bit of single back stuff, but it's not so much RPO stuff like they're doing now. But um, so I just took what people had done, and when I first went to Greenfield, and, he, and, and even when I came back to, to Perry, it was still a little bit this way. It was just a hodgepodge of plays. There wasn't a central theme to anything uh, because I just had plays and, and, then, and then slowly but surely you realize just because you have a play doesn't mean they can execute it. So you figure out what you can teach, what they can learn, and what more importantly their talent level can learn. And then you try, and, and then you try not to change too much. But what happens sometimes is, like when, we, when I was at Greenfield, we went out there and I had, I had been IBEX my whole life. And we just we couldn't beat we couldn't even get close to the people we were against because mm-hmm. that offense can't that off that offense just won't work when you're the talent level is that different. So who uh, who were some of the teams that was in? Oh, that we conference? played Lawrence North, Lawrence Central, Browns. The easiest team we played, other than the two county teams we played, was Center Grove. Okay, and that's before Center Grove was a big school like it is now. But uh, and and we. So I mean, it was there was there was teams that we just couldn't beat. Yeah, and that to be real honest, that was the wrong offense against those kind of teams. And about the third or fourth year, I think it was the third year, uh, I just said I give. I so we went and we went run and shoot, and run and shoot means you change the whole thing. You change the verbiage. You change the alignment. You change the play calling. You change what you look at when you. And we won a couple of games, but there was a time when the kids were strong enough. And good enough, and the athletic level had improved enough that we could we could we slowly worked our way back to IVACs. Um, and I but that took some time. That and, took some time. And the kids getting stronger. Right, right. And, and they weren't ready to do that 
when I first went out there, and I just didn't recognize it. Yeah. So um, uh, it's it's unless you're unless you and I, I watch guys leave today like they they leave a they they grow up in a uh, in a certain offense, and then when they go someplace, they run that same offense. And I'm not sure that that continues forever, just simply because the situation has changed. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's the thing. It was more of a progression than it was a plan. Um, you have to do something. And I can remember feeling frustrated because I couldn't, especially at Greenfield, I couldn't find anything that we could do well. Uh, and we kind of, because, to be real honest, we were probably in the wrong offense to do anything well. Mm-hmm. So it's just a progression that you make as a person. And I don't, you know, I had a lot to learn about offense. I, never, I if I was a quarterback, I could have seen the whole thing. But I wasn't a quarterback, so I was. I looked at things from the eyes of an offensive lineman. Okay. And that shaped my offense more than anything else. Is that I wanted the offensive lineman to be sure that they knew what to do, because if you don't know what to do, you're not going to do it. You're not going to do it, or you're not going to do it well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so after leaving Greenfield, you came to Perry, and uh, was that '94? I can't remember. 93, 94 year? Somewhere around Some, there. Somewhere around there. I, it's the history teacher. I think it's me. 94. I think I went out there in 88 and was there for six years. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think you came back in 94. And uh, once again, it's the history teacher and the yeah, numbers yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, that's just how I am. Um, when you came back, we had been struggling. And we didn't have um, a lot of success. Um and you had to rebuild the program. And um, part of that is that you went back to the I backfield, I mean, to the uh, I formation. Right. And so with that and through, you know, my times working with you, you would do a lot of things, but the blocking seemed literally about the same. So how were you able to uh, simplify your blocking schemes regardless of what plays were being called, whether it's a run or pass or any well, of that. The, that last, to be real honest, I think sometimes the offense that I designed was probably tough on the running backs because they had to do different things. And I can remember having fullbacks where they didn't have the smartest tailback behind them, and the fullback would line up and he'd point, he'd point to the right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because he, they were helping each other. But I wanted the offensive linemen to be, to be as simple and as clear as they could be because I didn't – they weren't good enough to just kind of block somebody. They had to know competently where to go and what to do. So I worked at I looked at keywords. Uh, there, there was ba- there were base blocking plays, power blocking plays, char- counter blocking plays, trap blocking plays, uh, stretch blocking plays, mm-hmm. and and then passes. There passes depend upon where the quarterback's launch point was. It was hot protection, roll protection, max protection, sprint protection. And not all of those were used every year, but they never changed as we went from team to team. Mm-hmm. So we went from times where we had two back, two tight ends and a tailback uh, to one tight end, two wide receivers and a tailback mm-hmm. to having a single back, no tight end and running trips to the field. But the offense, because those words never because those words were constant, never had to change. Yeah. yeah. And the, the offensive linemen, when they were seventh graders and eighth graders, they used the same words all the way up. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so there were times that you would come out and design a play and come out there 
and I would hear you say, "Hey, you're blocking it like it's a power." Right. Regardless of whatever the uh, uh, the I, running I was, backs were playing. I was thinking, and the other thing that you can that happens when I did that when we did that was that you, there would always be a time, not always, but three or four times a year, five times a year, you'd be in a situation in a game where you had to pull, you had to pull something off. You had to get a first down. And, and to do that, you kind of, and there, you knew something was open, but you didn't know how to call it because you'd never done it in practice. Mm-hmm. So, for example, one time we were playing Southport in the RCA Dome, then the then RCA Dome, and... Uh, they were they had to cover two safeties, and both safeties were off the hash wide, and we had to get a play where we could get in the seam, and it was an, it was like stealing if we get in the seam. Well, I went I called timeout and went out to the huddle and got him in the right formation, right pro eye, Matt, and I said Max, Max smash, F seam. Now we'd never run, and all that mattered was mm-hmm. we had max protection, which is kind of a play action passing thing, and the the smash. To, took everything to the right sideline, and the fullback, the fullback ran his blocking route, but then just hit the hit the inseam, and Mike Brizendine was untouchable for about forty yards and a touchdown. Yeah, we've never done that. We've never done that in practice. Right. Ever. They had the kid, but the the offensive lineman knew what to do because they heard match protection. Right. And you had thirty seconds to come up with a play that you had never done before. Never done before. And said, this is going to work because I noticed this is how they're they're playing their safeties. And it was simple. In 30 seconds, it was designed, boom, touchdown. We, we, uh, the the other, there there were, there there were not tons of those, but there were, because there are not tons of those situations. Uh, My last year at Greenfield, we beat Franklin Central. And that was a huge, I mean, beating Franklin Central was (laughs) was a huge upset. Yeah. And uh, they were beat up, they were a little bit beat up and, and and we had a better team, but we uh, we saw during the scouting report that if we go if we shift the fullback up to the weak side tight end, then we could run a stretch play, and we did that and scored enough, and we were in position that we could win the game if we and if we got one more first down, then they we, they couldn't stop the clock. They couldn't stop. Yeah. So so I called the formation, shifted the tight end, shifted the fullback up to the the weak side tight end. And we had never run this play either, and we faked a stretch play to the right and booted left. Never run that play ever, but because they heard the word boot, the offensive linemen knew what to do, the receivers knew what to do, and we got a first down and we won the game. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, was, it doesn't seem like a big play, but at the time it was a huge play. Yeah. And looking back at that time period, and you had, hadn't run the stretch before. I think that we had went to a Glazer clinic and uh, you came back and said, I'm going to start running the no, stretch. I'll tell you how that happened. And so and Steve, you Steve, had to teach people how Steve, to Steve Wade was the secret to that. He said, he, he said uh, I think we should run the stretch play. And I said, I've got it. I, was, I, I, don't, I don't take any responsibility for that play. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, and it was a great play. And it was the right thing to do. But I said, Steve, we got an outside play. We run the toss. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm just going to get better at the toss. And he said, "No, you need to run the stretch." And I go, "Steve, I've got an outside play. I'm not. I'm not run so he came in about a week later, and he said, "I've got an appointment with a coaching staff, a college coaching staff, and they're going to teach us how to run the stretch play." <laughs> and I said, "Okay, when are we going?" <laughs> we came. It's just a true story. Yeah. And we came back. We came back. Is that from, when you went to Toledo? No, we went to just the University of Indianapolis. Okay. Okay. And they taught us. They taught us inside, inside, and outside zone plays. And we ended up running the outside zone morning. 
The first time we did it in practice, now we practiced it in practice, practice. First time we did it in practice in scrimmage, we gained like 20 yards. And I went, oh, but this play works. Yeah. And it really, it really improved, it, it improved lots of things. But, but so <laughs> Steve Wade gets credit for that. Yeah, yeah. But you had to teach. The, you had to teach it. You right. had to teach the linemen how to block the stretch right, play. Right. And, and in that, keeping that in mind, what was the first thing, if you starting to teach them something, what was the first thing you had to teach them? Well, that play, that blocking scheme is 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 steps. Um, uh, you have to teach them the concept. You have to teach them the concept. But for example, the first step, if we're running stretch right, the first step is a is a is a is a drop step with a forty five degree to the right, and then the second step is is getting on that track, mm-hmm. and then teach them to stay on that track. And when that play broke down. What happened was their first two steps weren't right. One of their first two steps weren't right. Yeah. So we had to practice getting them on that. Thing. If you remember, we kind of did this. We kind of did this against Pike one time. Um, we went out to Pike my first year, and our both fullbacks. We had two senior fullbacks, and both fullbacks were hurt. So we ended up playing. Uh, Dion Pendergrass played, and so and we had an extra tight end, but he wasn't a fullback. Yeah. So we went two tight ends and single back and uh, ran what was, although I wasn't as good at it then, ran the stretch play uh, off and on and counters and stuff like that out of a formation that we had never practiced because we had always had a fullback. But the offensive linemen weren't confused because if they heard counter, they knew what to do. If they heard, you know, whatever, whatever, if they heard cup protection or hot protection, they knew what to do. Yeah, yeah. So, so it... It it allowed you, having those key words allowed you to change things during the season. It allowed you to change your offense from season to season because of your personnel. And I never had to, I never, I just, the, and once you understood the linemen weren't confused, it it just got a lot better. When I, we, before, before I went to Greenfield, I worked under a guy that came in and had lots of plays, (laughs) lots of plays. But I couldn't tell you how to block one of them because every play was blocked differently. And at the end of a full week or two of practice, the offensive, I mean, I'm trying to teach his offense and I can't because there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's just a play, a single play that's blocked in a special way. And then the next play was blocked in another special way. So if you had 30 plays, you had 30 different blocking schemes. Yeah. And, and that, that affected me a lot because I, I didn't want that. Yeah. The kid, the kids and, were, and, and you had... Different series, and they all had to be blocked. You had an yeah. ISO series, you had a power yeah. series, you had a lead series, you had a counter series. You and all of them were good plays, but there was no there was no central theme to it at all. Yeah. Okay. And that so as this thing evolved, that's the one thing that's the one thing I knew I could do because I understood offensive line play because I was an offensive lineman. I understood that we have to keep their brains clear of any complexity. We, they have to. They have to just know what to do without being confused. Yeah, yeah. How about how about the uh, size? Uh, who who would play what? As far as defensives change, I know that when when people went to a forty defense, you know it used to be the tackles used to be the big guys on the outside, and when they went to forty, they brought the tackles mm-hmm. in, and so your your what used to be tackles became guards and so on. So in in the scheme, how did you 
have your Well, the biggest thing that happened is, uh, the, the biggest thing that way that happened, the best thing for me was, when I was in, when I was in college, we ran a tight end scheme, and we flip-flopped the offensive lineman. Well, when I graduated from college, when I graduated from college, I went to a co- play and we ran I-backs, and if, and if, and you, and the linemen were constantly right or constantly left. They weren't, they didn't flip-flop. And then when I came to Perry, that's the way the, that's the way the offense was. If you were, if you were the right tackle, you were the right tackle. And, and then, uh, when I went to Greenfield, that's the way I was. And when I, then eventually I talked to somebody from Ben Davis and he said, why don't you look at this and try this? Because it really helps out. And that helped more than anything else, mm-hmm. because I could pick out, I could pick out a kid that wasn't good enough athlete to be a guard in one situation, but he could be, he could be the tight inside guard. And that, because there are only so many things a tight inside guard does. He, he double teams, he single blocks, and he short traps. I mean, about three or four things. Now, now that kid is a good enough athlete to do three things, but he's not a good athlete to do ten things. Yeah. And I could take the split inside tackle who didn't have to drive block very anybody, but he had to be able to hook block. He had to be able to block down. He had to be able to, to, to long trap, uh, like in a counter play. And I could, so I could pick out people that could do that job. Mm-hmm. And it, it, there was less to teach when, when, when we did that. that. That's the biggest thing that helped more, that helped more than anything else. Yeah, okay, okay. That sounds good, sounds good. Um, going on to the uh, next question I have for you. Who were some of the skilled players that stand out while you were coaching the Falcons? And is there anything that was unique that they did or any, anything that uh, allowed your success or our success uh, to improve over the, over the years? Well, there were obvious people. I mean, you the, can't name them all, but you know, the, the one that comes to note, the, the two that come to note right away are, are uh, Ryan Short because he was such a force athletically. And uh, I mean, just he was just a freak to cover, and then and then uh, Tyler Harmon was the other one, and that those two. I mean, one offense we ran we we ran the ball constantly, and the other we threw the ball constantly, mm-hmm. and uh, they just they did things to force. Well, if we could have done this, we might have beaten Ben Davis. If I, I if I we were we were we we didn't have a tight end then, so if I could have run trips to the field. Or trips to the one side and Ryan Short to the, the weak side on the single receiver side. If we could have thrown, and, and I take credit for, I don't take credit for this. I'm blamed for this. If we could have thrown the little, little, uh, oh Purdue ran it. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, the little, the little bubble screen, bubble screen. The little bubble screen. If we could have thrown that bubble screen more effectively and more efficiently, hit it probably 95 percent of the time. We had. Um, Travis Moore, who was like third or fourth in the in the state in the high hurdles, right. we could have had him running the bubble screen, and as soon as you adjusted over the top to do something about that, if you adjusted your secondary to take care of the bubble screen, then we had our best receiver on the single receiver side, and um, you couldn't stop him. Right. And right. then if you move somebody out of the box, then we can run the ball. Yeah. And um, we just never got that done the way you just either either I didn't start it soon enough or. It just wasn't in the skill set of the, the kids and, that we were in. With that group of kids, and that was with uh, Short, Absalom, that, right, that group, right. the uh, 99, 98 group. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. That, that was that group. Right. But then with the 0, 02, 01 through 0, 02, 03 group, 
I mean, you could probably done that because we had more skilled athletes right, right. and so on. So, so it had, but you, and that goes back again. You have to do what the kids can do. Yeah. And yeah. you find sometimes you find out that they can't do something, and and you just go on. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think if I remember correct, didn't uh, Short and Tyler Harmon uh, set school records uh, their senior senior year? Uh, uh, short. I'd have to go back and look at the record. Short. He he had the record of, for the most passes caught in a game, in a single game, the okay. most the most receiving yardage in a season and a career, and Tyler had all of that from rushing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were. Uh, so in other words, what we did was we found out the one or two or three athletes we had and tried to get the ball in their hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they they definitely stood out. I think didn't did Tyler have a three hundred yard game? Southport one year. Southport. Yeah. And then short. I mean. I you let me use him on defense. Yeah, oh, he, he was, was he went from being the number one threat on offense to being the number one corner on defense. Well, he he was a he was a interesting picture because he he was a better athlete on the on the field than he was in than he was just looking at him. Right, right. Uh, he was fast. He played faster than he ran a forty. I, I I know that doesn't make any sense, but he just he he had football sense and. Uh, remember we went down Bloomington North one year and he returned two two punts for touchdowns. Yeah. And he didn't have and the reason he was back there is not because he had blinding speed, because he had the best hands. <laughs> and and he didn't he didn't drop anything. He didn't drop anything. <laughs> so sure. so uh that that's the idea behind you gotta take your you got take your best athletes and let them ad lib and let them and let them do what they do and take your weakest athletes and limit their their skill set. Uh we played the cater at Manual the year we didn't have a stadium, mm-hmm. and um, we needed a first down. It was like third, it was like third and twelve or something. It was a tough first down, and he came, and Ryan came to me as I came out to the huddle, called timeout, came out to the huddle. He said, "If I do," the, and he said something. He said, "I'm open for about 15 yards," and I and I said, "Okay," so I told the lineman, "I said, here's the formation, run max protection." Um, and and you and and I told Ryan I said you tell him Kyle what you're going to do yeah and I didn't I still don't know what he did yeah yeah he ran he ran a, a, a crossing route or something like that right right but right. but he, they called the play yeah and, and like I said we'd never done that in the past but everybody knew what to do because it was the terminology was simple and clear yeah and and that's going to lead into my next question is that uh, you allowed the quarterback to change running plays to pass plays. And um, and it was successful. There were times that you would call a play, and suddenly the ball is thrown. <laughs> I, I can't take credit for that how, either. How did, it had to evolve somehow. How my, my my last year at Greenfield, the quarterback and one of his best friends was wide receiver, and he we were in practice one day, and I was it was we were we were doing goal line offense, and it was. Third and goal, third and goal on the three or something like mm-hmm. that, and we were just practicing situations, and so I called a play, and it was a running play because I was probably way too conservative than I should have been anyway, and it was a running play, and he came up to the line and he threw it to his wide receiver buddy because he was open. Yeah. And he came over to me and he said, "Was that okay?" And I went, "Did you score?" <laughs> he goes, "He goes yes." So then, then we figured out we had to go black mm-hmm. because you'd have linemen downfield if you didn't go black. You had they they needed to know something. Yeah. To do that, and and what that did was guarantee 
after a while, if the team knew that you had to, what that did is guarantee that the defense had to honor the receivers. And if they didn't honor the receivers, then you just throw it to them. And what happened is that it occurred, the black situation occurred less and less and less mm-hmm. because defenses knew that if they didn't honor the receiver, he'd get the ball. Yeah. But it, 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 kept, that, it kept the defense from cheating off of somebody. Yeah. And, and you would see, and, and your receivers would see, this is a mismatch. mismatch. Right, right, right. You know, if you have Ryan Short that's out there that's six foot five, and you have a guy that's, you know, 5'3", playing cornerback, right. and you need the five yards, I mean, they, they called their own thing. I mean, I coached the receivers and coached the defensive backs for you, and they knew what was, what was going. Well, so, that's, that, that kind of, I think what we're talking about there is when I called, I tried to call quick, I, I, I like that. When I first started, I'd say quick, which is a, a three-step drop uh, launch point. And I'd say quick hitch. And then they'd come up to the line, they'd be in cover two. Well, quick hitch is right. no good, so you have to right. throw the fade. Or they'd be the, I'd say, quick fade, and the corner, the corner would be off eight yards, ten yards. <laughs> yeah. So I just said, shit, call it yourself. Yeah, yeah. So I just say quicks, and and uh, and then, then they'd, do, they'd do the head I didn't, I didn't even know what play was going to run. <laughs> They, 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 it was the second call, and they tapped their hat and yeah. touched their shoulder, and that meant slant. Right, right, right. And, uh, and to be real honest, I'm not the one who should call that because they're the ones that kept them in the game, and that made me look smarter. <laughs> hey, I tell you what, it worked. It worked. It really worked. And uh, the kids did it, and we, as the receiver coach and the DB coach, they practice it all the time. And when we did 707, we just say, like you said, You'd say quicks, and then they would. Know and the, the only ball. thing they had to do was every every once in a while they had to dummy, had to dummy a call dummy on a running call. play. Right, right. And, you and, know. and, and <laughs> it's funny that uh, that the, the players, the, the dumb players, I shouldn't say dumb, the ones that were never in paying attention in the huddle, uh, they didn't know the snap count half the time, yeah. and so they had a call for that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, so they would say. Well, and I think it's I think it's like anything if if the kids if. If the players are involved in the play calling, yeah. uh, then then they're more then, then then it works better because they're they're just not doing what you say. They're right. they're they're actually looking at how this works. Uh, the offensive lineman did that too. Uh, we we had a big slow offensive guard, and on tra- on tosses he'd pull, and the center came to me and said, "I can pull better than he can." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Go ahead, yeah, just let him." You know, so and it worked, and he could do it. Well, I, I, I never called that. I never designed anything that way, but it worked better. And so it it, it works when the kids are able to have some input. So right. they're they're buying into the program, right. and they seeing that we as coaches are uh, interested in their input. And well, here's another example. Mark Franklin, we were running the stretch play a, a lot, and Mark, we were practicing the stretch play to him and away from him. And uh, we were running a stretch play away from him, and he he got frustrated and he said, "What am I supposed? I'm so far away from the 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 place where the play hits. Mm-hmm. I I'm not a, I'm not doing any good." And I said, "I went, well, yeah." And then, and then I said, "So then then we went right. I think it was just right right pro I stretch left right pro I stretch left, and and we faked the stretch left and then we Y screen right." And 
And we were like we were like third and five on about the 25-yard line at Franklin Central, if you remember. Yeah. And threw that play for the first time ever. And there was he was he walked in. By himself. By himself, right. Everybody was – and that's the thing. When, when we ran the stretch play, everybody was going in one direction. Right. And so uh, you were able to come up with counters off of that. Well, <laughs> one time, again, we were at Manual. This is at Southport at Manual, against Southport at Manual. And uh, it, was close, it was a close game. We, we didn't play real well, but we played smart – played well enough to play. We were – and they played, they played very well. But uh, we were going in one time about the seven-yard line, going to the score – and we had run, we had run the toss effectively, and uh, I called timeout and called the quarterback over Kyle Hoyt and said, "So here's the formation. I want you to call toss right, and and don't tell don't even tell the team that's not stretch toss or, right. Was it stretch or toss? No, no, it's toss. Toss. Okay. Because they, we had had success running the toss. It, it yeah, was. Yeah. I said just I said just do everything. Tell tell the team that it's, this is a toss play, and don't 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 tell them anything different." You fake you fake the toss and then boot left and it's a naked boot walking yeah. and walks in yeah and uh, he was he and one of the receivers were the only ones that knew what play it was mm-hmm. because um, it had to look like the toss so, so they thought it was a toss so they ran it yeah. yeah and but they were chasing the toss so hard like they chased the toss like, like they they would chase the stretch right uh, that there was nobody over there yeah didn't you didn't we have a, a stretch uh, quarterback keep also that scored. I uh, think it was it was it was. Uh, you know we did. I'd forgotten. We about were that. at at home, and I think we may have been playing Martinsville or someone. And you ran a stretch. We run the stretch all right. all game. Run the stretch all game, and then Tyler had you know been running running hard and getting yards, and then suddenly he ran the stretch and had the quarter. Then you had the quarterback pull it, and he, all we could see was his feet. Yeah, yeah, walking, walking yeah. into the end zone. Yeah. I rem- I had forgotten about that, but yeah, but the kids, the, the fact that the kids, the offense is, the offense can't be mutable in the game situation unless uh, if if every play is different. Yeah, if there's not if there's not a scheme that says to them, this is what I do. Um. um so, but well, I, I hear, and then they take then they take ownership. Uh, when Tyler was a sophomore, we were playing Franklin Central, and we were about, I can't remember, we were like four points ahead, but we weren't so far ahead that the game was over. And we had the ball going in on about the six or seven-yard line. And I wanted to run, run the play, get a, and kick a field goal. There's third down. And we'd just kick a field goal, and that would put us at eight or something like that. And uh, here he was a sophomore. And so we, we just went right pro I, ISO right. Or, yeah, I think it was ISO right. And he came up. He he's not even the quarterback, and he's I I and they run power. They run ISO left, mm-hmm. and he scores like from seven yards out. And I find out later that he he a sophomore tailback. Now you shouldn't do this if you're a sophomore, and you shouldn't <laughs> do this if you're if you're a tailback. He he yelled opposite opposite, so he went from ISO right to ISO left, and 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 the and kids knew the kids knew what to do because he saw it from back there. Right, he could see what he could see that they. had they knew me. Franklin Central knew me, so they and I probably had a right hand tendency. Yeah. So they 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 cheated everybody to the right. But they forgot about the left. And, yeah. And I, and I wouldn't have known that, but he saw it. Yeah. But because of how you taught the kids and how they were able to relate and know the blocking scheme, that just one word 
Just one word. Changed it, things. It changed everything, and everybody knew what to do, and went in and scored. And, and won like I said, it just, it just, it. I maybe this is because I was an offensive lineman. I designed everything from the offensive line out, mm-hmm. and and I wanted them to know what to do, because one, we didn't have. We had we had some good athletes, but we didn't have any Division One athletes, and and uh, so we had to put them in a situation where they could succeed. Yeah, yeah. I know that you you uh, did miracles with kids that uh, probably would not have played on Friday nights. You know, we had I'm not going to mention the kid's name, but he was a as a freshman. He didn't he cried when he couldn't put his pants. Right. His pads right. in his pants, right. and but he was a big kid. He was probably two ninety. Yeah, he was. You big. know, six six two or six three. But by the time that he was a senior, he was your he was your starting uh, tight inside and guard. So how would you how would you build well, success with with that with that kid? It, if you you have to believe in the long range goal, long long range plan, and you have to believe. It's it's not like Perry Reed had Division One linemen walking through <laughs> walking through the hallways. They still don't, by the way, uh, walking through the <laughs> hallways. But changed. they but you had kids that would work at it, and uh, we'd lie about their height and weight. We had a center one time that weighed about 155 pounds, and I listed him at five ten one eighty five or something two one ninety. <laughs> yeah, and and it wouldn't take long for the team to figure out he wasn't that big, but he but he would he could do he could do what we wanted him to do in in the situations because we put him in a situation where. He could succeed. Uh, that's that's a lot of that's the kid, and just don't tell him. Just don't say. The year I left, I told the coach coming in. I said, "This is this is what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. You're going to have kids that when they're freshmen, you're going to think there's no way this kid can play. There's no way. I mean, I, I run him off. I can be mean to him. I don't deal with him. Well, don't tell don't tell him he can't play. Right. Because he can. If, and 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 you'll need him. You just, you don't think you'll need him. Yeah, yeah right. but you will. Yeah, you will. Yeah, and we never thought that this this kid would ever play. Ever play. And his senior year, he's he's he didn't he's get his feet. Right. He you know and and the the teams that played us best found him on film and put somebody right on his nose, mm-hmm. and and he he could hold his own, but he was just holding his own. Right. But that was the best he could do. Yeah. And that was an accomplishment because at one point in time he couldn't block air. <laughs> yeah, but those those are successes that you were able to to do. You were able to create that, and once again, uh, by the kid buying into the program and showing and finding some success, uh, we were able to become a much better team. Much yeah, better right. Team. So, uh, well, we had to put we our the best offense is a scheme. And you have to have skilled kids to make it work, but defense is athleticism. Yeah. And you still have to have a scheme, but your best athletes, your best your best athletes have to go on defense. Right. And and in earlier podcasts, I've always said that I I credit you for the defenses that I had because I had the best athletes on the defense. Like like Coach Wade said, we don't have black and white players. We have green green players. <laughs> you, you dark green guys play defense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that was that was the success that we had. Is that you know <clears throat> if the defense could hold up, you were going to score. And I think the other thing is that, and, and I, you mentioned this before, is that 
your defense kind of mirrors your offense. Yep. You know, if you have a fairly conservative offense, you have to have a conservative conservative defense. defense. Right. If you have a spread offense, gambling, then your defense has to gamble because the defense is going to be out there more. Right. You're going to have to make more plays if the offense goes three and out and they're throwing the ball and whatnot. So I we, think we, we spend a lot of time worried about just getting first downs. Yeah. Because if we got first downs, that meant that means their offense and their best their their tailback, their wide receiver, their best athlete on offense was sitting on the sideline and couldn't get on the field. And um, if you remember one time we played Southport in the RCA Dome, and I bet we went for it on fourth down seven eight times. Yeah. And got them, got it almost every time. Yeah. Well, that that's when they had uh, was it Ricky Sessions uh, or was it no uh, it was the number thirty I can't think of his name yeah yeah Brent Strong yeah right Brent Strong right and we and kept him on we kept him on the sideline kept him on the sideline he ended up he ended up with like ten carries for the game yeah well you it, it's hard unless unless if you're a tailback type person unless you get 15, 20, 25 carries they're not using you yeah. well they couldn't use him because he was on the sideline yeah. Yeah, and that's controlling the game right there. And what's what teams teams that keep Tom Brady on the sideline? Right. They make first downs. Right. Make first you downs. Know, and you make first downs, you're just sitting there. Right. Right. You know, so Patrick Mahomes can't throw the ball if he's sitting on the sideline. Right. You know. The only way to, the only way to beat those two people is to is to make them stay on the sideline. Yeah. So when we were pretty damn good at doing that. Well. So. We had a chance, so we were. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any any other any other thing? Any last. Thoughts or anything, Coach? Well, it, it, it was it was great fun, and it was you have to credit the kids and the coaches, and they they bought into what we were doing, and um, and they and there were times I there what I can remember lots of times in films where I'd make a call on Friday night, and we'd watch the film <laughs> on Saturday, and and I'd say this this wasn't a very good call, right? And it just wasn't a good call, yeah, and. And I think they respected the fact that we were doing our best with what we had, and and taking respons- not trying to find somebody to blame. Exactly. I mean, I I've been there too, and I said, you know, I forget who we were playing. I think we were playing Bloomington South, and the game was close or something like that. And and I rarely went, cover, you know, you know, cover two dog, and everybody was accounted for except one person, and that was the quarterback. Yeah. And then. I mean, we had him. They couldn't go anyplace, and he said, nobody coming. So he took off and he got a first down, and I think they were able to uh, to win the game. In the film session the next day, I said, hey, that was my bad. Yeah. I should have had, had somebody on him. It was one of those you know, spare-of-the-moment things of trying to get something accomplished. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to put pressure on him, and I forgot one person. Yeah. And that's what uh, Yeah, and, and people make mistakes. And the kids the, – and. Just they they didn't get blamed. They might say, "Here's here's something you did wrong. Here's how we can. Te- here's what you need to do." But you know, they they we never put it on them. Never blame the kids. Right, right, right. And and that's that's the worst thing that you can do for those kids. Right, right. You know, if if I screw up and I'm the first to say, "Hey, it's my bad." And, and I will say, I worked. With, I, we worked with good people. I mean, coaches would coaches on the sideline on on Friday night, and coaches during the week. Would come up to me and say, "You know, they're on to the counter. Do this, or when you use motion across the field, the man and Pike would do this. We'd we'd motion across the center, and I didn't I didn't notice this the whole way. And the 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 guy covering him in man coverage, the outside linebacker would 
staying with him until he got to the until he got to the the box, mm-hmm. and then he, by the time our receiver was across the other side. There was nobody covering him. Yeah. And I and I'm I did that a couple times and somehow it didn't register. And somebody said, Hey, da 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 and and then we throw we just throw that guy the yeah. ball. Yeah. And I, I didn't notice it, but we had good coaches and and uh people people with ideas and and sometimes we you could facilitate it like like Steve Wade with the stretch. I mean that that was him. Yeah. I, I was I wasn't gonna run the stretch and it was said, Oh shit, that's a pretty good play. Yeah. And it became a Star Wars thing. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Okay, well, I appreciate it, Coach Potter. This has been an interesting uh, little side note and a little uh, uh, conversation. Uh, it's always good to talk football. It's always good to, uh, I guess, reminisce and think about some of the things that we did before, and I hope that some uh, some people that are out there that, that listen to this can get something out of it. At least it, it allows them to know that we as coaches, we did the best we could. Uh, we looked out for the kids. And we tried to, to create an atmosphere of winning and to make them uh, uh, young men that's going to uh, add to their communities and be successful. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you for uh, coming on. And uh, uh, I'll, you. Have another, I'll have thank another you. episode of uh, Coaching Falcons in, in the future. Until next time, go Falcons. We have come together to fight for victory. Best friends with one another. Two, two, five, like one big family. Zero. So come on, Eagle mighty strong. Falcons. Let's, let's join in on the fun. One. Our team three, is finally ready strong, to fight for number one. Cover one. Our team includes one, many three, things seven, thunder, to help us win this fight. Guts one, cover pride, one. poise. Zero, to show one, us three, what three, is right. Cover three. And if we don't do what is right, one, seven, we'll find out what is wrong. Our team will never give up. Our team will never give up. Our team will never give up. We've been fighting for too long.